Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the knowledge that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home, join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Padawami, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty Macha tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. You know what I'm talking about? What's up? And welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks in science and nature. My name is Alexi Gruces, coming to you from the Black Lands of the Kumeyaay down here in San Diego, California. And with me as always... Wow, what a tee up. I'm going to bring it right down, (laughs) right back down. Hey, y'all. My name is Allison Jones. I am here from Providence, Rhode Island, a.k.a. actually known as the Narragansett Ranch. And I hope I make it through today without combusting. Because the spirit of laughter is in the air. Oh, man. The spirit of Louis Armstrong is in the air. The spirit of laughter. <laughs> the joy. The, yo, yo, why are you laughing like my Uncle Eddie Allison? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> this is a little Easter egg because we are yeah. both recording a lot of episodes in preparation of season three. Anyways, it is not just us sickly babies here. We are joined by a phenomenal guest, someone who I've been interacting with online, a cool-ass person. So go ahead and introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and what you do. Hi, my name is Joy, or Joy Spears. I go by she, her, they, them pronouns. I am a vet tech, a lab tech, and I do a little bit of zoo husbandry and research on the side. I'm a mom. (laughs) We shall, we shall Warrior. discover that soon. <laughs> the evidence lie before us. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We appreciate you to being on the show and like, you know, pushing through as the kids run about. But tell us, what kind of animals did you work with at the zoo? Any particular taxa? Mostly primates. So gibbons primarily. So we have some white-handed gibbons, a handful of pileated gibbons, which is a really big deal because we don't get we don't get those in the U.S. I think there's one other facility in the country that has them, and I think it's in California. So go us, oh. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also have some baboons, some debraza monkeys, some patas monkeys, a good little party bag, capuchins, whole lot going on. Fabulous. That sounds like an active party. It's a very active party. It's pretty lit. (laughs) Yeah. So what were you studying in particular with them? Mostly their behavior and husbandry. I am also a grad student. I just started, or I will be starting in a couple of weeks, actually, studying environmental and global health, particularly one health. So my dig is parasitology. That's like my realm, you know, so I study the bugs, I study the ectoparasites, the endoparasites, the ticks, the fleas, the worms, all those things. So that's what I'm looking at. So when you said One Health, what does One Health mean? One Health is a public health approach that essentially focuses on integrating human health, veterinary health, and environmental health. So, oh, okay. 
it's kind of a one that's why it's called one it's kind of forming all these things into one philosophy that we all depend on each other we're an active ecosystem that depends on yeah. the health of each other that's good yeah it's pretty cool now we're gonna quickly pivot joy you've gone through a lot of different like career avenues i think you mentioned that you started out uh, actually studying art tell us a little bit about that yeah so i was originally an art major I went to college for visual and public art, well, studio art first, and then I got my BA in visual and public art. Um, go Otters. I went to CSUMB. <laughs> I love that. Shout out to Monterey Bay. The cutest mascot on the planet. <laughs> go Otters. Go Shout out Otters. to Monterey Bay. But no, I was a visual artist, or I am. I won't say I was. I still make art, just not as frequently. I like to think that everything that I study, I still approach from an artistic perspective you know, and not just the visual aspect, but just the, what I think was really special about the program that I was in was that it focused a lot on public art. So it focused a lot on impact nice, and how things affect the community and how things represent the community, you know? So even now doing STEM work, I still feel like I'm constantly thinking like an artist, like, okay, so what am I trying to say? How can I say it in a way that represents the people that need to, you know, and it's hard to do that in a way that doesn't feel patronizing to people that I'm representing, you know? And I, I had an art teacher that had this saying that was really cool, but she used to say, instead of trying to be a voice for the voiceless, just pass the mic. And <laughs> I think about that all the time, you know, because it's, it's really true, you know? It's like, instead of trying to come up with all these poetic ways to represent people, just represent them in the way that they, they need to be represented, you know? Let them speak for themselves. So yeah, I started out as an artist. I wanted to go to vet school and I, I'm not going to vet school, but art was kind of my compensation prize at the time. It was kind of me telling myself, well, if I'm not going to do that, then I'm going to do this other thing that I really care about. Mm. And it's kind of how I landed there. Sick, sick. So what is like your top medium? What medium are you like practicing in? Ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pen. Yeah, I do portraits primarily, and I, I'll show you guys at some point, but um, I do portraits, and they're kind of squiggly lines, like really chaotic. Yeah. You know, with pen and ink. You got a mean shade, don't you? You got, I a, got mean a mean shade. shade. <laughs> Golly. I can't stand somebody that can shade with a ballpoint pen. <laughs> shade. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's cool. That's hella cool. I'm deciding to be an art major and, well, who knows if I'll ever see money again. So, Joy, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your life <laughs> and the story you have for us today. All right. I actually have two stories, so we're going to yes. do a little bit of compare and contrast. Basically focusing on my current line of work, uh, which is in veterinary medicine. So I, like I said before, I'm a vet tech. I work at a cool little slow-paced veterinary hospital here in Arizona. Shout out to them. I will not name them, but they're great. It's a great team. All-female doctor team, which is really fun. Pretty cool place. But I will not be talking about them today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I will be talking about my first hospital that I worked at when I moved here, which was located in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I don't know if y'all know anything about Scottsdale, but it is... <laughs> It is the land of the snotty-nosed white folks. Oh, <laughs> so the free, home of the free, land of the brave. Home of the free, land of the brave. Yeah, there we go. Wrong. There you go. 
this is a chaotic, I love it. I'm happy to be here. So I moved here right at the beginning of the pandemic, two weeks after lockdown to be specific. So you can imagine what type of environment I was moving into. You know, there's a very large demographic of folks out here who are loud about their beliefs and the pandemic really amplified that. So just to set the scene of what I was getting myself into when I got here. I was a stay-at-home mom for a little bit, so this was also my first job post-baby after my second kid. So I was super vulnerable, didn't know what I was getting into. So I moved to this, to this city and I started working in Scottsdale at this place. And essentially, I was a veterinary assistant at the time. I wasn't teching yet. So I was really just kind of getting my feet wet after coming from a boarding, you know, I was doing boarding and I was working at some pet stores and I was, I was an art teacher for a little bit. So I was coming, kind of pivoting back into, you know, that stuff at the time. <laughs> I worked there for about three and a half months. And after maybe a few weeks, I had already decided that this was not the place I was going to be staying at. Oh. And then I knew that right away. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. And I definitely knew at that point. <laughs> but to the point, I was working there and I was an assistant for a while and I was the only person of color or I was one of maybe two or three people of color there. Only black person. And I had a client who come in and just to set the scene, we were doing workups in the rooms with clients. And for those who don't work in vet med, workups are essentially when you do intake for a pet and you give them the full vitals rundown, you talk to the owner and you say, you know, ask them things like medical history, why are we here today? Any health concerns? What are they eating and drinking? Are they peeing and pooping okay? You know, just to kind of set the stage for the vet to come in and do what they're gonna do. So we were doing that in the room with clients. So this is right after folks were taking their masks off and deciding that they no longer wanted to be a part of, you know, social distancing. And this was a private practice. So they were kind of just like, all right, we need the money. So do what you got to do. I had a client who came in with his dog. I'll never forget the dog because he was this beautiful German shepherd. I forgot his name, but I will never forget the dog. And, you know, I was really excited because it was one of the first times that I was allowed to go in and do my workouts by myself without having somebody to watch me and make sure I was asking all the right questions. And the guy comes in and he's this tall white dude, you know, built like he was in the military, really tall, you know, looking straight forward. And at first I thought like, oh, he's very disciplined. You know, he... (laughs) He's got his German Shepherd. The dog's name was Sarge. The dog's name was Sarge. I hate it because that's a charming name. But his owner was not very charming. We will soon find out. So anyway, you know, I was really excited and I start to do my whole, I start to give my spiel. Hi, my name is Joy. I'm a newer veterinary assistant. Can we help you guys out today? What can I do for you? Can you tell me about your pet? What are we here for? Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop, right? And he says nothing, not a word. Doesn't even look me in the eye. So I fucking him house. Right. I kind of stopped for a second because I had gone on and on. I was so excited to get the words out that I didn't even notice that I had been speaking for like 45 seconds before I realized that he was not engaging with me. So then I stopped and I just started over. Cock that head back. Lift that chin up. That's right. Project that voice. Let's let's do it again. Say it with your chest. Be strong, be black, be powerful. Exactly. So I start over. And I'm like, hi, my name is Joy. 
this is Sarge, what can I do? You know, it says that he's here for X, Y, and Z. Can you tell me about those symptoms? Let's talk about it. Let's get you where you need to be so the doctor can come in. And he says nothing. But this time he's looking at me. I'm like, is there anything I can do for you? And he says one word. Nope. So I just kind of stop for a second. And at this point, my hands are shaking because now I'm anxious because I'm thinking I did something wrong. Right. So I say, well, can you give me a second? And I step out of the room and I go and I grab one of the veterinarians that are around. And I just happen to grab the senior vet who owns the place, which was not the person I should have grabbed. So I grab her and I say, hey, this client who's waiting on you won't speak to me. He won't let me do his workup. And I can't do the workup. I can't even get the vitals on the dog without their verbal consent. So I need to go through the whole spiel before I even touch the dog. So I'm explaining that to her and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't think this is going to work. He doesn't want to cooperate with me. What should I do? And she's like, oh, you're a big girl. You know the words. Go do it again. That's condescending right there. (laughs) So I go back in and I put my big girl face on and I pull my pants up and I'm like, okay, we can we can do it. And I go back in there and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry if I'm not the tech that you were hoping to work with today but I really want to get your dog worked out so that the doctor can come in and talk to you. So can we start from the top? Can you tell me what's going on with your dog today? And by then he starts turning red and I start sweating. My fight or flight (laughs) reflexes are triggered, right? At this point, I'm like, okay, I'm in trouble. So he starts turning red and he looks at me straight in the eye, down at me straight in the eye. And he goes, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to work with you. There is nothing you can do to help me. There is nothing you can do to help me today. Please don't touch my dog. Are there other people around? In the room? No. So we're in in an enclosed space together, just me and the dog. Okay. Okay. That's genuinely frightening. Genuinely frightening. So I'm like, okay, all right. You know, my voice goes up like several octaves. And I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, all right, let me see if I can find somebody that can help you. So I step out one more time. And at this point, the vet that I had grabbed is impatient because she's waiting. She's on a schedule and she's like, I need to get in that room so that I can go get to my next room. What's the holdup? And at this point, I start crying and I'm like, hey, he doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want to work with me. And she's like, did he say that? And I'm like, yeah, he did. Um, pretty explicitly he was very specific (laughs) he said that he didn't want to work with me he said there was nothing I could do to help him he does not want to talk to me he doesn't want me to touch his dog I have some suspicions about why and then I stopped as soon as I said that because that was the first time I had ever even alluded to my blackness in this workspace so the suspicion was that I was black and that he just was uncomfortable working with me because he had his own reservations about black folks so I say that and I'm like I have my suspicions about why, dot, dot, dot. And then she goes, oh, well, we're not going down that road. And she immediately cuts me off. And she's like, we're not going down that road. Sounded like you went down that road. (laughs) Exactly. And she starts yelling at me because now she's upset that I've backed up her room by 20 minutes trying to get this, you know, my own incompetence, the way she framed it, was getting in the way of her schedule. So she's like, you are an adult. You do not have the area or the room to project your insecurity about race onto my clients, onto my business. 
if you cannot Yo. go in there and get this worked up, you have no place to work here. Yo, what? So then I am completely embarrassed because now all the other techs and a couple other vets are looking and everybody's like, oh shit, what's going on here? And they're all looking around like, oh, the new girl just got yelled at. She effed up. So now I'm crying and I'm embarrassed and I'm looking at everybody else looking at me crying. And that's like a big no, no. Right. Don't let folks don't let folks see. Mm. Oh my God, yeah. So then she's like, I will give you a second to get yourself together and collect yourself. And I need you to go in there and work up this dog. And she sends me back into the room with that unsafe man, with that unsafe man who I'm pretty sure has probably killed some folks in his time. The odds are high. He had Simper 5 patted on his arm. I'm pretty sure we know who we were dealing with here. So I go back into the room. I'm no longer crying, but I'm, I very visibly had been crying. Right, right. That doesn't go away. <laughs> that. that doesn't just turn off. So I go back into the room and my, I'm flustered and I'm shuddering and I'm just like, are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to be able to work together? Or do I need to have you reschedule? because the doctor really needs to see you. And if she's not able to see you, then we're gonna have to send you home. He takes a really long breath and my stomach drops because the breath he took, I knew what was coming after that. He starts screaming at me. So now I just got yelled at by the doctor. So now I'm getting yelled at by the client, screaming at the top of his lungs. You idiot. I have already said I don't want to work with you. I have already said that I don't, there's nothing you can do for me. If you can't find me someone else to work with me, then you guys will never see my face in this hospital again. So now I've already been threatened with losing a patron, which is the very thing that this doctor who, mind you, she owns the place. This is a privately owned practice. So every lost patron is personal, you know? Right. The very thing she told me not to do, don't you lose this client. I lost the client. (laughs) Yo. Did nobody else hear this man yelling? You, you asked the most simple question, too. It's like, can I just get your consent to, like, do this shit? Can I shit? get your consent to touch your dog? You don't need, We don't even have to talk. I need your verbal consent to shove a thermometer up your dog's butt, get his temperature, and Yo, get, right. some, get some vitals. It's in and out. It could have been a five-minute exchange, and instead, we've been here for half an hour at this point. Right. So he's screaming at me, and he's like, this is not going to work. I will never come back here. At this point, I just leave the room and he's still yelling behind the door when I get out. So when I open the door, all the texts that had been gathered around watching me get yelled at by the doctor are now listening to me getting yelled at by this client. And I come out and I just start bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. He, I can't. There's nothing I can do. He doesn't want to work with me. And then one of the other texts, one of the senior texts, who is one of the only other people of color there, walks into the room. And she's like, we're not doing this shit today. And she goes into the room and you can hear her clapping her hands. And you can hear her. <laughs> you can hear her. And I can't make out. Yes, Miss Mamas. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, Miss Mamas. Right? And I can't make out what she's saying, but I can hear her elevated tone and I can hear her clapping, clapping, clapping. Right? And I'm like, oh shit, somebody has my back. And she's not even black, you know? And she's like, man, if you don't quiet down this instant, boy. Not here, not in my house. So she comes out of the room red in the face, hands red, palms red. And the only thing I could say through like my tears and snot and everything else is like, 
thank you. You know, right. thank you so much. And she got in trouble. She got written up. I got written up. We both got in trouble. We lost the client. He never came back as far as I'm concerned. And I had to put in my two weeks that same day. Otherwise, I was going to be fired because once I'd gone to the bathroom, I had taken my lunch break and I had come back and I kind of had a conversation with one, that tech and then one of the other doctors. And I was like, listen, this is not an environment I will ever put myself in on purpose. And if I don't feel supported, I don't feel safe. That man could have hit me for all we know, the way he was screaming at me. Right. Yeah. For all we know, his dog could have hurt me. Right. Correct. It could have cued in on his aggression. Exactly. And that's the other reason we need the verbal consent, because we can't just go in and touch a dog without knowing from the owner that he's okay to touch. You know, I could have just gone in and said, you know what, F this guy. I'm just going to work on the dog because that's why he's here. And then I could have gotten attacked or bitten or something, you know. Right. Right. So I think the theme or the overall arching point of that story is that I put myself I won't say I put myself, but I was placed into an environment where I was not safe. I was not valued, you know, I was not heard. And it was very, very clear, you know, and even the other person of color who went to bat for me to defend me, she wasn't fired, but she got in real big trouble for it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to folks looking out. Shout out to the home team and the family looking out. Shout out to allies, you know, she was Vietnamese. I'll never forget her because she and I didn't speak a whole lot to each other, you know, prior to that. But she, something clicked for her where she was like, if nobody says anything about this, I have to, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's solidarity right there, man. Black folks, Filipinos, and Vietnamese folks, we ride. We ride. Yeah. <laughs> we ride. Definitely. Yeah, it was good. Damn, that damn. Is, that well. is, that is, that is, <laughs> that is. That is. Truly. I have to give you a shout out though, because because like knowing that an environment isn't safe and and how scary it can be to, to leave those unsafe environments. Yeah. Even, you know, being in them is scary and leaving them can be scary and being like, nah, this place is unsafe. And then bouncing, respect. Hella respect, respect. for that. Mad respect. Thank you. Thank you. It was really difficult and it was probably the first time I'd ever stood up for myself in that context. You know, something something to that effect. So this is actually prior to that, but I worked at a- Prior to that, yeah. yeah. Oh, So a little bit of juxtaposition. Prior to that, when I was still in California, living in Monterey, I worked at a boarding facility that was next door to a veterinary hospital. So my position there was essentially manager at the boarding and then vet assistant next door. So I was kind of hopping back and forth from building to building, dealing essentially all the dogs that we had in boarding. We, I was the one taking them over for their appointments and then bringing them back to the boarding facility so that they could facilitate all the care and prescribe medications and things like that. So that place was really cool, right? It was owned by a guy who was in the military, in the Marines, but he, you know, he was one of those people. He was a, you know, father. So he and his wife ran the business, run the business that it's still there. And they had two kids and it was kind of like a family owned thing, right? And it was really intimate. Monterey, if you're familiar with that city, it's very small. It's very hometowny, you know. I really appreciated working at that place because not only did I learn a whole lot, but I learned a whole lot about just how to work with people and how to work with all these different types of people and how to work with all these different types of dogs in a really chaotic environment. 
So the story that I have for this place is I had a dog and it's pretty ironic because it was also a German Shepherd. Someone brings in this German Shepherd and it's, I think the story with her was that she came from a foster family that was fostering her after she had been kicked out of the police force. She had either been kicked out or she retired out. I can't remember, but she had a few screws loose as a dog. Mm -hmm. She was, she was a little dysfunctional. And I just remember the note in her file when the foster person came to bring her was that she was particularly trained target black while she was in the forest. Mm, you look at that. So they didn't say that explicitly, but I, if I remember right, what they did say was that she has a sensitivity to African-Americans. Yo, <laughs> yo, that's racist HR speak. Wow. Thank you for <laughs> handing this dog to me. Thank you for, and I'm the manager, right? So I'm the first line of contact right at the front, oh you know? So okay. this foster family just kind of comes in and they're like, hey, we can't really deal with this dog anymore. She's bananas, can't do it. And what was unique about this place that I was working at was although it was a boarding facility, we also took in fosters. We also took in dogs that okay. needed long-term care and didn't have homes. And then they, the family would try to kind of work around and put word out to see if they could find a home for them. So we would just kind oh, of nice. house them, you know, we would just house them indefinitely yeah. and he would take them home and kind of work with them. And he had a lot of training experience and. He was a guy in the military, so, you know, he had a whole lot of discipline in that regard. So we get this dog, and they're like, hey, can you take her? Because otherwise, she's going to have to be put down. And we were like, of course we'll take her. She, We don't want her to be put down, you know. Right, right. right. But she has a sensitivity to African Americans. Little did they know, their manager was African American. <laughs> They bring this dog in and they kind of, I, I'll never forget because they kind of did the paperwork and just left in a hurry. Like they didn't stay for the whole, you know, we had this whole hour long process where we tour and we kind of integrate the dog with the other dogs and just kind of see if it's a right fit. And then at the end of that hour, if you as the family decide that it's not a right fit, then you don't have to stay because nothing is binding. They were like, right. They just kind of threw the leash over the table and was like, here, take her. Here's all her stuff. This is what she eats. That's wild suspect. Wow. You know, so, and I'm thinking at the time, like, I was naively optimistic. So I was really just kind of like, oh, it can't be that bad. I, yeah. <laughs> you were, sunny days, sleeping away. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, no, I'm I'm the Snow White of Monterey. I can talk to you. I can do this. <laughs> I think we all go through that period of our life where we're mm-hmm. like, no, if I if I try, I can get through to them. I can do it. <laughs> if I love you, you'll love me back. Exactly. Dog Toxic. Dog. Toxic. <laughs> so they bring this dog in and, you know, at first she was cool. And I think you know, the joke that I tell myself is that it was probably because she didn't know right away that I was black. <laughs> Had I been even a couple of shades darker, maybe things would have gone different. <laughs> she clocked she you would've... start moving your hands a certain way, Joy. What you do? What did you do? I don't know. The dog was like, what's that contrast on your palm oh about? Oh my God. What's going on there? And I, I had locks at the time, so that was like, <laughs> that was like the, the sign, right? 
but she, you know, she was cool. Too. You talk too much with your hands. You different. I, I you know, <laughs> I snapped at her too much. I don't know what I did, but she figured it out. She, my cover was blown. <laughs> and, you know, after maybe a couple of hours there, and just for background, right? So there's three staff members there. So there's me, there's one of our kennel techs who was Lakota, Native American, and then a white tech who was kind of on the newer side. He had just started there maybe a few weeks prior. So he was the one that brought her to the back and did the whole integration thing. Turns out she can't really be with other dogs. She was dog aggressive. She was hyperactive. She just needed to be by herself in a run. You know, she had a yard. And this place was cool because we had seven different yards, dog runs, where you could kind of phase out dogs that needed to be by themselves versus dogs that wanted to be in the greater group. Nice. So it was very, very intricate. So she had, she ended up with a suite to herself because luxury, luxury. She just, and that, that's the white privilege kicking in because she just, top shelf girl, top, mm-hmm. yeah, top shelf, you know. So I think around my lunch break, I was like, okay, so now's the time. I'm gonna go back there and give it a try. I'm gonna go back there and, and work my magic and try to connect with this dog. I can change her. <laughs> I can change her. So I get my treats, I put a little fanny pack on, you know those fanny packs with the treat pouches attached? Oh, we know them. Oh yes, yeah. oh, yes. You know? we know those. And, you know, I I put on my hoodie so I can protect myself just in case I get bit. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's go back there. I'm just gonna sit on the floor and toss treats across the floor at her and see if that, you know, just kind of like like throwing stones across a lake, just kind of <laughs> frisbee them across the room. Fishing for friendship. Fishing for friendship. So I sit on the floor and she's, you know, propped up. We had a couch back there. So she's propped up on the couch, just like a French lady, like a French mm. lady, but one that hides knives in her dress. Oh my and, you know, she's sitting down and she's a fully black. I don't know if you guys have seen those German shepherds that are like all black. And they're like, oh, no. they're like twice the size of, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Looking like a straight up Looking wolf. like a straight up wolf I was about to say, dog. that's different. Very scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, but she was gorgeous. She was such a gorgeous dog. Not all skin folk are kin folk. So I, you know, I start tossing treats across the floor and she stands up off the couch and her hair is standing up and she's like, you know, very much like, I, we are not cool. We are not friends. You know, so I just kind of slowly back up out of the room. And I, you know, all of our doors have really large windows, so she, we can still see everything that's going on. So I back out and I just kind of stand in front of the window. And as soon as the door clicks and closes, she loses her mind and starts attacking the door. And she's, I'm talking about not foaming at the mouth, but barking so hard that her saliva was like (laughs) opaque. You know, like she's drooling and she's screaming and she's barking and growling and it was unlike any other aggressive dog I'd ever seen before because it was so pointed. It was so targeted. You know what I mean? And then that, oh, yeah, and then it gosh. clicks in my head. Oh yeah, she's racist. She don't like black folks. <laughs> she don't like black folks. She don't like black folks. It was like she was holding it in the entire time. She's like, I know I can't kill you. That's the police training. So I start going back in my mind about what it means to be a police trained dog. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they have to have a certain level of restraint until they're told, go for it. 
And for some reason, something I did told her to go for it, that door or whatever it was. And she starts trying to kill me through the door. So I call up the boarding facility owner and I'm like, hey, dude, you will never guess what type of dog came in today. And you will never guess how closely, how close to death I just came. And he's like, okay, well, tell me about her. So I start walking him through, you know, the process of these people dropping this dog off and everything they told me and the notes that were left on her file. And he stops. He cuts me off and he's like, what do you mean sensitivity to African-Americans? What does that mean? And I'm like, she was trained to target black folks. And I said it exactly like that. And I'm like shaking because I'm still scared that I almost, you know, die. And I'm like, she was trained to attack black people. And he's like, I'm on my way. So he hangs up and you just see him pull up in front in this big old green van and he steps out and he's, keep in mind, he's a military dude, so he's a big guy, right? And you just see him walking up to the front door. Literally, if a superhero was personified, that was him because he, you know, and he's on the phone. He's speaking into his Bluetooth. So at first I thought he was just... Oh, my man's on the jawbone. <laughs> yes. At first, I thought he was just yelling at himself. Uh-huh. But then I realized, like, no, he's on the phone. So he's already talking to the agency that brought this dog. And he's screaming at them. And he's like, please don't ever put my staff in this predicament again. How could you? If you knew she had a sensitivity to black folks, you knew that my manager was black before you booked this dog because you came in for a face-to-face meet and greet. You knew who she was. So for you to bring this dog in anyway, it's completely careless on your end. And he's going off and he's like, I will not house this dog. This is not a safe environment for my staff. You know, y'all need to come and get this dog. Y'all need to come and get her today, right now. I hate to say I don't care what happens to her, but I don't care. She got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, and I just remember standing there like, oh shit, he really had my back. He's about that life. He was really, you know, the reason I tell that story juxtaposition to the other one is because it kind of shows the difference in support you know in allyship yeah working at one place where i was in an unsafe environment due to being black and they were kind of like you're a big girl put your bootstraps on and figure it out yeah and then the other one where he's like this is not your fault you know because i was apologizing and i was like i'm so sorry i didn't know i just wanted to book the dog because i didn't want you to lose a client you know, going back to this privately owned place where I'm like, I don't want you to lose this client, you know? And he's like, F the client, you are not safe. You are not in a safe position. This dog could have done anything to you. And it's not even the dog's fault. It's the people's fault. It's the fact that this dog was trained to pick up on, you know, and then we get into this whole, it's not my fault. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You know, and it brought tears to my eyes when I was there because we got into this whole conversation about how I didn't know the dogs could be trained to target folks specifically like that. Yeah. You know, the whole science behind that. How do you even do that? Does that mean that you were bringing in all the target dummies or not dummies, but all the target folks that wear the big suit and they were particularly black people and you made them black on purpose? Well, and when we look at overall police training, they also, we have seen a number of instances and plenty of data showing that they teach each other 
biased like that. Yep. And it's just that much more blatant when it comes to a dog because dogs don't hide racism. Yeah, the dog can't discern between this is a, a criminal and this is just a black person minding her business. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, so it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Joy, you know what, what kind of cracks me up too about your story is, you know, I went to a PWI. Yes, you did. And <laughs> the number of times that I didn't, I did not even clock it. How many people told me their dog is racist? And now as a, an adult with like looking back on it. And it's kind of a running joke, isn't it? You know, it is right. And they're like, ha ha. And I'm like, you had that dog since you were a, since it was a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like, oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to marinate on that one. Huh? It happens all the time. When I go like jogging or walking outside and a dog has been fine. And then I come walking by, I'm like, cool. People don't understand that, like, even that is a microaggression. Like, and even if you haven't taught your dog somebody's dangerous, if you put rein in your leash around certain people, that dog is going to start to be like, oh, I, they can't be trusted because my owner doesn't trust them. That's crazy. Exactly. Your bias is going to come through, come through your pet as well. Yup. It's really, That's yeah. crazy. It's funny because my brain keeps still going back to the One Health thing where it's like, mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily One Health, but it is that it's that concept that everything affects everything. Yeah. Your bias is going to affect your dog and teach it bias. With the police dog, it's like, that's intentional. A lot of that is intentional bias. I'm sure there's more correct term for it. But with some folks, it's like, yeah, your internal biases, when you don't look into them, they're going to affect the people and creatures around you, you know? So before we go, it's that special time in the show again. Joy, joy, joy. It's shout out time. Who would you like to give some shout outs to, Joy? Oh, I have a handful. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to my friend Lisa, punk scientist on Twitter. She's starting her new PhD program yeah. in microbiology. Yeah. Congrats, Lisa. So shout out to her. Congrats. Very proud of her. Shout out to Chelsea Herps. Yeah. He's a writer on Twitter with me. We get into some shenanigans every now and then together. <laughs> friend of and, pod. Friend of ah, pod. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Indeed. Very funny. Very funny individual. So shout out to her. Shout out to a veterinarian that I have come across. Her name is, I'm going to butcher it, Dr. Ife Olawapu Akambi. She's a Nigerian veterinarian, but she is extremely supportive. She's so sweet. She kind of reached out to me back when I started working in one of the labs at ASU last year. And, uh, you know, we had a mutual connection and, you know, she every now and then will just check in with me and say, hey, congrats on your master's program. You know, hope you and your family are doing good. You know, she's at, she asked me about the research that I'm interested in. You know, yeah. I've. I interviewed her for an assignment that I had for one of my classes. So she's always been very, very helpful nice. and supportive. And, uh, she also just finished her PhD. So she is congratulations, DM and PhD, double doctor in there. Double doctor. Wow. Double doctor. So shout out to her too. I hope she hears this. Aww. Yeah. We love to see it. Yeah, we do. We do. Joy, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. This was great. You were phenomenal. Your stories were so good. And thank you so much for sharing. Them. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for, for putting up thank with my uh, co-stars. We love it. Yeah. We I love, love it. it. I love it. Excelente. We out.
We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusis. Let me try that again. The We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusis. Show theme by Spencer Sned. Show graphics by Khalif Gillette. And lead editing by Patrick Amaribe. Now, at this point, the We Out Here podcast is entirely listener-funded as a program. And we couldn't do this without the financial support of our audience. So if y'all are able to... Uh, consider going to patreon.com slash wehourpod and donating. As a thank you, you'll receive access to release bonus content when available. Tiers start as low as $2 a month, and at higher tiers, you'll get complimentary merch quarterly. Now, if you like this show, give us a quick five-star rating and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. As a two-person show, without a marketing budget, this plays a huge role in how many eyes we get in front of. And if you like us and you want to see some shenanigans online, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the We Out Here Pod. Now, if you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science and nature and you want to share a story with our audience and get paid while you're at it, hit us up on social media or on our email at weouthearpod at gmail.com. Now, all jokes aside, the aggressive and biased use of canines in policing is an important issue today. According to a report by the ACLU, the vast majority of police attack dog victims are unarmed, black, brown, and indigenous individuals in addition to those experiencing a crisis, and often it's folks being pursued for minor crimes. In California, Assembly Bill 742 would restrict the use of canines and ban the use of biting and pursuit unless there's an imminent danger to the officer and the public. Now, while this is but a step in the right direction, I, Alexi G, encourage our audience in California to contact their representatives and assembly members and share your thoughts on this bill. Hopefully, that'll move it forward. And then after that, get outside. He hops up off the table or off the couch, I mean, and just kind of stands, you know, on guard, hand shackles, hair standing up on her back. And yeah, she's and hackles, hackles, not up. shackles. <laughs> I was say, dang, that's <laughs> crazy. I know y'all ain't shackling dogs at this facility. That's crazy. I mean, hackles, but, um, you know, hair standing up very much on guard, very much trying to send a message that we are not friends. And you know, she had she kind of emits a low growl and she's like, Hey, hold on, sweetie, hold on, sweetie. She kind of emits a low growl and she's just kind of trying to send a message. I know, sweetie, but I need you to give me a second, okay? Where is me? You're right here, you're right there. Here, let's take a pause on the story because uh, because he's coming through and I think he's like drowning out your audio so we can talk for a moment. Your mommy's gonna talk to me. Mommy's going to talk, and then I need you to turn your mouth off, okay? <laughs> turn it off. Mommy's going to talk on the computer, and then I got to play in my room. Yeah, you can do that. Or you can eat some popcorn. Or you can eat some popcorn. Here, take your popcorn. Ooh. Take the bowl. Take the bowl. You can have the whole thing. Hey, little man, if you can hear me, and grab those eggs. And destroy the house. <laughs> All right, you guys, take your popcorn, okay? I'll be right back. Make sure you share. Um, okay. By the way, we got a. We're at like around fifteen. Uh, we got fifteen more minutes. Okay. Uh, so in total. Uh, yeah, yeah, in total. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>